Welcome back to For the Water Cooler, the podcast where you get to chat with your favorite coworkers about what you watched last night. I'm Matt Scalisi, and joining me for season two of our humble podcast is my virtual office buddy, Caroline Darney. Happy New Year, Caroline. <laughs> season two. Sorry. Um, yeah. Happy New Year. Super excited to be back for um, the second go around on this. Bad yeah, day. we're recording this the day after the college football national championship, and we just don't need to talk about it at all. It's okay. not interesting. Uh, no one cares, and we're all moving on. <laughs> Alabama, Alabama and Virginia won the same number of college football playoff games this year. Yeah, they did, which is yep. exciting for Virginia. So that's, uh, it's very cool. Uh, they did. I will say the only way to get people excited after a three and nine season is they're actually doing some fun stuff in the portal. So I'm excited to think that we're going to make a bowl next year and be let down. So it's always hope. That's that's what you got to love about the post the national championship now. blues <laughs> is there's always hope. Hope is hope is there for at least at least eight months. Yes. Yeah. Until the <laughs> happens. And then you're like, right. oh, no. <laughs> well, listen, we have we have a lot to look forward to on our podcast for season two because we've added a bunch of cool new features, as we mentioned in our holiday special episode that we did. We have an, a, a couple of ways for you to reach out to us and actually participate in the show and have your questions, your ideas become a part of for the water cooler now it's like slightly better than when you're like at a showing of cats and the performers come into this like crowd yeah that would be like that would be the equivalent of like me and caroline calling listeners individually (laughs) and and bothering them until they hang up show now (laughs) this is way more fun it's optional but encouraged watching a movie today la 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 who what do you got on now? And just talking through as soon as the movie starts, do that thing where you're like, who's that? I don't know. I, I just started this movie. I haven't seen it either. This is a this is a tangent that I promise will be quick. But I had a do you do you recall in you know in the early 2000s, Caroline, there was a feature that was on a lot of cell phones that was called Push to Talk. Are you aware of this? Yeah. Were you were you? It's like a walkie-talkie sort of, but it was on cell phones. Was it so Nextel? It was Nextel. I had one of these. And the only other person I knew that had one was one of my college roommates who was extremely rowdy. And he would wake up on Friday mornings because, of course, uh, Thursday night is a weekend night in college. And he would just I had a class on Fridays and he would just start hammering the push to talk button for me. (laughs) Just I would be sitting in the middle of like a political science class and you would just hear. That's I think that's the equivalent of what us calling listeners would be just bothering them nonstop till they block us. We have to figure out how to get a ringback tone for the. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that would be great. It has to be. Look, we're gonna we're we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about late '90s, early 2000s music next week on the show. Uh, but that's, I think it would have to be a song from that era. If you oh, had a ringback song. It's back in the day when like you had ringback tones and special ringtones. Uh-huh. Now I'm like, if my phone makes a single <laughs> noise, I'm going to lose my mind. It would like, be an, it would be like an Usher song. Yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had a Lil Wayne ringtone for perfect. a while. That's perfect. But it wasn't the one that you would think, oh, my God, why can't I think of what it is? It wasn't like 
It was the. Slow- I don't know what I would think it is, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of don't want to say any of the options because they would all sound like I was making <laughs> accusations at you. Uh, so listen, uh, all of that said, here's here's the ways that you can get in touch with us now going forward, and we will we will read your emails, we will play your voicemails on the show, and we will interact with them at the top of of every episode. So our email address. Very simple, spelled out for the water cooler at gmail.com. And then our phone number that you can call to leave us a voicemail is 802-432-8308. I'll do it again, even though you can rewind on podcast, because I feel like that's like, uh, that's my 90s kid. You got to, you got to repeat it. Yeah. 802-432-8308. Um, and we also now have an Instagram account where yeah. you're, you'll be able to interact with us as well. That is, I believe, is that just for the water cooler? It on is. Instagram, all Caroline? one word, all lowercase. Super so, yeah, um, we've already gotten uh, a couple of voicemails from listeners, and we're going to play the. I was going to say, you can email us and let me know what you think my little white ringtone is, but I don't think I want <laughs> I don't know if I want to send us send it with a Spotify link to the song. <laughs> well, let's um, Caroline, let's play the first voicemail that we have the official first voicemail and we'll uh, we'll see what they got for us. All right. Hey, this is Wade from Tuscaloosa. As a Gen Xer, I've been trying to get my five year old to watch Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas and I have not had much <laughs> success wondering if you could give some recommendations, advice on how to get my young one to watch what I consider to be one of the formative classics of my youth. <laughs> Talk to you later. Love the show. Bye. That's such so, a great question. Caroline, I don't I don't think we've ever discussed your your stance on the Muppets generally on Just the show. Generally Muppets? Love it. Love You're a big Muppets fan. Yeah. So I mean I'm a huge Muppet guy. I grew up on Muppets they're extremely sentimental to me and and all the all the like sad sounding muppet songs i have it's like the the deal where i have to leave the room if my kids are watching it cuz it's it's messed. i start <laughs> why, why I start is dad crying again getting upset yeah dad dad really is very unstable um <laughs> but but emmett otter is great i would i would here's what i would do right i think the key here is you got to sell them on being fully blindly trusting of all Jim Henson and Muppet material. That's how you get somebody hooked Mm -hmm. because there's no known characters that your kids are going to have heard of in this movie. Yeah. So the key is get them to where they like Muppets enough that, that they'll go, Hey, I got this other Muppet thing that you've never even seen yet. I've got like a secret Muppet thing that you don't know about. And there's a, I mean, there's obviously Muppet Christmas Carol. There's, there is another one that I watched a ton as a kid, and I don't know the name of it. I, it might just be called Jim Henson's Muppet Christmas or something like that. But the the it's a the the plot is there's a big house in the middle of nowhere, and the roads are icy, and so the Muppets and the cast of Sesame Street and Fraggle Rock all basically converge on this house and have a big Christmas special together. It's great. Like so, Animal House, but Muppets. <laughs> it's so good. It's honestly, it's 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 such a good, like, warm, cozy, Jim Henson at his peak type thing. Um, and then there's also, Caroline, the Christmas toy 
which I would encourage everybody to go and check out Holly Anderson's writing on this movie. She's she's I know she's written about it for Channel Six, which we'll get to in a moment. Mm. Uh, and it, it's a movie that was a Jim Henson Christmas movie, but it was it was also sponsored by I think Kraft Foods. And so the the deal in this movie, right? It's it's really good. It's like a it's it's very close to the plot of Toy Story. Very close, okay. and and predates Toy Story by many years. But they would they advertise this movie um, by printing recipes, craft foods, Christmas recipes, with like ads for the movie. Oh, so there are like themed. There's like a themed menu that Kraft advertised as a part of promoting this movie, um, and and that that part of it is I know what Holly Anderson has written that's about incredible. a good bit. I've never heard of that. So uh, that's my that's my suggestion is give them the gateway, the Muppet gateway. Drums. Yeah, that's excellent advice, Wade. I'm going to tell you as someone who does not have kids, my answer is bribery. Uh, always works too for sure i think that's no i'm uh i'm joking but also probably could do some sort of like if you watch this one with me then i'll watch something you want (laughs) the the illumination grinch whatever kids (laughs) like now (laughs) but excellent question wade thank you for being our first voicemail yes Uh, great question yeah I hope that I hope it worked. I know. I hope you don't have to wait until next December that you got to watch it with them this past year. Yes, but please update us. Work if that didn't work. Try Matt's suggestion, um, and I think this also is my chance to say they should make more very serious movies that are all Muppets and one human. Hundred percent. Where I'm totally down with the sort of Muppet interpretation of the classics that we yeah. were started on with like Muppet Terminator Christmas Carol <laughs> Muppet Terminator 2 so, still who's the, so who's the who's the human in, in Muppet still Terminator Arnold Schwarzenegger. it's Arnold <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say Linda Hamilton possibly and we yeah. have a and and the Terminator is Sweetums I would say <laughs> 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 oh man we'll be back so yeah uh listen speaking of channel six yeah our guest today this we're is so so excited about this, this. is exciting spencer hall from Ding. channel who, who writes with holly anderson for channel six the newsletter the website also co-host co-founder of the shutdown full cast which is very personally, I would say important to me for sure. I'm sure to you as well, Caroline. It's a, it is, it is a show about. It is, it is famously the only podcast about college football. But, it's a very niche, a niche podcast. But also, if you if you like, I would say the amount of college football that we talk about on here. There's many episodes that are quite close <laughs> ratio wise. Yeah, disaster <laughs> episodes are always fun too. And if that's you, how, that's how we hook them. That that that's how my daughter. My my fifteen year old daughter started listening to Shut Down Fullcast because of the disaster episodes. Yeah, well, and we've had if you've enjoyed the episodes we've done with or episode we've done with Ryan Nanny. Uh, oh, obviously, yeah, uh, a great season one episode. Yeah, um, but yeah, we're so no, pumped no. to have Spencer on later in the show. We're going to be talking about Hong Kong action masterpiece, Hard Boiled by John Woo, one of the absolutely 
craziest, bloodiest, explodingest movies ever made. It's and I'm, <laughs> I'm so pumped to get into it. Yes. But before we do that, Caroline, mm-hmm. we've got some catching up to do. Um, we, we have been gone since yeah. early December, except for our holiday special. And we've watched a bunch of stuff that we need to, we need to catch up on. We need to touch base on the stuff that we've watched. Um, and there's two movies that I, that, that came to mind quickly for, for both of us when we decided what we were going to catch up on. And they're both major awards contenders at this point. Absolutely. They're also incredibly different vibes from each other. Very different vibes. <laughs> so why, which one do you want to talk about first? Further from the vibes. Uh, should we start wholesome? Yeah, let's do it. So, so, so Saltburn. <laughs> that was gonna be my joke too. Yeah, um, yeah let's actually start with let's start with Saltburn. Yeah, then we'll we'll recover from that. We'll reco- then we'll use the second one to like. So Saltburn that. was actually sort of name dropped on for the water cooler in season one when we had one of my favorite guests we've had on uh, Jay Stubes, aka Megan Cruz. Uh, who now has her own podcast. Go check it out for sure. It's great. Um, and she told us that she had seen this movie already when we had her on. Great. It's directed, written and directed by a filmmaker named Emerald Fennell or Fennell. I don't know how you say her last name. Um, who had made a movie called Promising Young Woman. Really dark, really smart, uh, really twisted movie. Is that Carrie Mulligan? Carrie Mulligan was the star of that movie. Um, and she appears in Saltburn, but boy, is she a totally different character in this movie. <laughs> Pamela, is that right? Is she? I believe she's called Poor Dear Pamela in the yes. credits. Even, yeah, I was going to say, even in the, uh, like, IMDb, she's listed as, yeah. I, I mean, Caroline, what was, what was your reaction watching this movie? Because, I mean, to me, this is one where as soon as it was over... I definitely, other than being floored by it, I didn't really have an opinion of what I think it's about, what I think it's trying to say, whether I even liked it. But I mean, it's kind of solidified in my brain since then. But I want to know what was like your initial reaction to watching this movie. My initial reaction was like, what the hell just happened? (laughs) What what just happened? Uh, It's it's similar in the sense of like, so if so, my... Well, this is not really fair because my mom was like, oh, is it good? And I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like when someone asks you. If it's you more about would them. you recommend it to a right. specific person? Like, to, to your parents, no. Yeah. Um, you, it's like when people ask, like, I've watched every episode of Euphoria. And people are like, oh, is it good? And I'm like, I don't know. I And you can't even really say that you enjoy watching it, I guess, maybe is like because the, the whole time you're kind of like it's, it's it's tense there's mystery there's the acting is incredible such incredible. a such a good cast and the cast is fantastic not only is the cast just really strong but every single person absolutely dominates their time on the screen rosamund pike fantastic uh was it richard grant who, old yeah, man. Richard E. Grant, who's who's been a, had had a real great career in, in his older years here. I mean, he's he's been good for decades, oh, for decades. But, but a was- really good weird performance. Um, 
I would say the guys that are being talked about the most are for sure Barry Keegan and Jacob Elordi, who are fantastic. uh, I, I, this kind of movie is so cool to me because like May, December, which we may have already talked about. I don't know. I don't know. We haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I need Um, there's there, the filmmakers that are out there working now, the real artsy ones, they're starting to figure out how to use these sort of bland, uh, carbon copied CW Riverdale type boys. And I, I, I don't mean this as an insult. It's there's no way for me to say that without I mean, literally insulting. what's his name. Um, Charles, Charles Melton is a Riverdale boy. Like, yes, yes. Like that one's, that one's accurate. But my, my, <laughs> I, I say that. Yeah. I, I say that because that's actually, I would say a return to what old Hollywood used to do, right? Like that you yeah. take, you take young, beautiful people of either gender and you use that you use that element of them in a subversive way and you yeah. shock people right like nobody nobody expects to see beautiful people behaving horribly yeah and and i think that's a big part of what this movie is um it, it's a it's a shocking movie yes and i think all of the shocks happen because they want you to know that all of the characters but particularly um, particularly the, the lead yeah, is so much worse than you think they are. Yeah. They are de- you know utterly depraved people. It reminded me of um, Talented Mr. Ripley. Uh, and I, that's a movie I need to watch again. So if it's completely off, like just make fun of me and send, send, send us an email and tell me what an idiot I am. But like, I just remember finishing. I, know, I think that's a great comparison to Mr. Ripley in that kind of like the darkness of what you think is happening. I, it's funny to say about a movie that's already two hours and 11 minutes long. Cause I'm very much in the camp of like everyone, as much as I love that Endgame was three hours. I just, I need everyone to kind of chill. Like I'm done. <laughs> I'm dreading yet excited. And we're going to talk about killers of the flower moon in a minute, but like it's coming out on Apple TV plus I haven't seen it yet this weekend and i feel like i have to carve out this huge chunk of time even to watch sure. it at home because like that's three hours is a long time and so we talked about that with oppenheimer too the over right. the summer yeah and that's just something you can't just if something's 90 minutes or 110 minutes like you can kind of throw it on and like like i got there's probably like i'm probably gonna interrupt these movies to take the dog out at some point because like it's just that's like kind of i don't know like there's just a lot of stuff happening but all this to say it's two hours and 11 minutes i think that we could have actually done with maybe it's cutting some things and not necessarily making it longer but i would have liked a little bit more of the mystery and the intrigue because it felt a little there were a few things that i think are done that are i'm not saying done just for shock value but there's a lot of things like if you see you'll see on tiktok like like making my boyfriend watch Saltburn <laughs> or watching like just a person watching Saltburn for the first yeah. time. And there's a few scenes. There's probably three that I can let stand out aggressively that, that you're like, Oh, what? I mean, there's probably a half a dozen at least that I would say, I don't want to recommend this movie because of that scene to, right. um, you, to somebody like, unless i know you yeah, are you're like, very oh God, cool Matt, you have to watch it's so funny it's so cool and then you watch <laughs> it you're like what is wrong with this person yeah for sure um, but i think it it could end up having the 
So you remember when like running up the hill, that hill, whatever the Kate Bush song made this huge resurgence because of stranger things. Sure. Uh, Welcome to 2024. Sophie Ellis Baxter murder on the dance floor. (laughs) Yeah. We've seen it all over social media for sure. Yeah. Which great song. Welcome it back. But absolutely. It's funny to me because I think the first time I saw, and I always say it wrong. Keegan. I'm going to say Keegan. Kyog, Kyog, he's fantastic. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume that all Irish names are unpronounceable by the American <laughs> tongue. There's just so many. Do my best. So many vowels in a row. Like Sir. Um, yeah. He, the first thing I really remember seeing him in is actually the Eternals, and I did not love that character. And so then I think next was Banshees of Inisherin, and he's right. fantastic in that. Which he, yes, I mean that was a huge breakthrough for him. Yes. He also. Also, He's in Masters of the Air. I did not know that. I'm which I'm excited I'm about. Very excited. If if things everyone knock on um, wood, I we might have some content from Barry. He's also he's also without spoiling it for people who haven't seen it. I guess he has a prominent role in the Batman, even though very little running time uh, in the in the the non DCEU Batman. The one called because I fell asleep like three times in that movie. The Stop. Batman. Um, movies that are too long matt (laughs) we need to have a conversation with folks it is too dark i can't i didn't know what was happening in half of that movie because i literally couldn't see it i'm not talking about dark and storyline i'm talking about literal visuals i can't tell what's happening if you are a pro long movie person (laughs) please email us or send or or give us a voicemail telling us why we're wrong about movies being too long Uh, let's Let's move. Let's move to the other one that we both saw, yes. which is the holdovers, which is yes. available. I should say first of all, Saltburn is on Amazon Prime. Yep. Holdovers is on Peacock now. Yep. Um, totally delightful movie. Uh, I mean, just a big, just a big warm cup of of cocoa of a I movie. I could not recommend this movie more. And <laughs> like, it is. And it is about some darker subject matter, but it yeah. makes it feel comfortable. And it's it's really it's one of those movies. I would I would compare this to the best picture winner from a couple of years ago, Coda, which was a movie not many people saw. And it, so. and it it was is it is it about tough subject matter that's that's yeah cha- challenging? Sure, but at the same time, it somehow manages to leave you feeling so good about humanity and it's a movie about people figuring their stuff out with each other yeah. and healing. I mean, I, I, I was so happy after watching this movie. And it was one that I don't want to say I, I didn't, it, the trailers and the description did not particularly call out to me. This wasn't something that I was like, Oh, I agree. If I missed it in the theaters, I really like it was, I think the trailers actually make it look grumpier than it is. Yes. And it, and it's essentially a three person movie, which also a lot of times can really work against you. And Paul Giamatti. And then I am obsessed with Devine Joy Randolph. She's now a Golden Globe winner for her role in this movie. She was fantastic. The heart and, from and Dom- that character. And, and Dominic Sessa, too, who is yeah. the, 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 the kid, Angus, yeah. who's in most of the most of, I mean, he's, he's pretty much yeah. the protagonist along with Paul Giamatti. I mean, this kid comes out of nowhere. He's literally been in something called Made in Hollywood, which he played himself. Yeah, it's, it's such a 
I, I, it's hard for me to think of uh, other than I mentioned Coda. I'm trying to think of other movies that this reminds me of, but like it's cozy core. If you want to be, if you want to use yeah. the Gen Z slang, it, it is, it is a movie. It's not that nothing happens. It's not that there's no challenges or conflicts. Yeah, for the yeah, characters. No. And in fact, there's quite a lot of conflict, but it's about the characters overcoming that yeah. through forming relationships with each other. And it's, it's, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's you so know. wonderful. Paul Giamatti's fantastic. Like I said, the whole cast is great. And it's a, what is it? Is it the sixties? It is. It's set in the sixties. Yeah. Um, the music is outstanding. Really good. Really good soundtrack. And great, um, great score. In addition to all the needle drops too. Yeah. Um, probably, just, probably my only complaint is probably a lot of uh, drunk driving in this movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's bad behavior. It, it just it, drunk driving. It Not, really reminds me a like, lot. In the like cute sixties way, right? Like we went to a party and now we're driving home. Like that's the ugh. yeah. In, in the two thousands, it felt like there was always a best picture nominee that was sort of in this category mm. where it's the feel good quote unquote. Yeah. And sometimes that that was a shallower movie, but sometimes it was like the holdovers where I think there's just as much depth and just as much interesting artistic value in the movie yeah. as anything else as, as any Oppenheimer Saltburn, anything else. Yeah. But it's, but it makes you feel good when it's over instead of, and I'm not saying it's inherently bad to feel bad after a movie, but like you walk out of Saltburn and Oppenheimer and you do not feel good about the human no. race. <laughs> Even walking out of Barbie, you're still like, like really still rough. Yeah. You still, I was in tears, like examining my emotions, like what it means to, you know, my position in life. And while it was a feel good movie, you still have those, like, this was just kind of, I loved it. I, I really, 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 truly enjoyed that movie. And I was pleasantly surprised how much I liked the movie. <laughs> so, so two that are available at home right now already, uh, definitely go watch the one that will be available at home this week without a without a uh, excessive rental fee is Killers of the Flower Moon, the Martin yep. Scorsese movie. As we mentioned, very long movie, very long. Uh, it's all good. Uh, the content in it is amazing. I, I think my feeling about it is I'm not, I, there was simply no way I was going to watch it in one day. There wasn't a chance. Yeah. It was not possible for me. But I watched it over the course of multiple days and I liked it a lot. I think it's great. I think it is tremendously powerful. There's great performances in it. I mean, Lily Gladstone is getting the, the attention. She yeah. deserves all this attention. She's phenomenal. But the one that jumped out at me the most from this movie is Robert De Niro, which I I am a, I'm a guy who – feels like De Niro has not had his fastball for many years. Uh, I think he looks like he's not trying. De Niro's really upset when he listens to this. No, I mean, look, I'm rewarding him now by saying this is, this is (laughs) contradictory to that trend. This is, he is doing some weird stuff in this movie. He is doing a performance where he is playing a, a guy who is nothing like Robert De Niro. Um, Really, really cool to see at this point in his career, him doing something that interesting and challenging. I am excited to finally watch it. Um, 
that's 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 all i have (laughs) (laughs) it's it's one like i know it's gonna be that's the thing too it's like three hours and you know it's gonna be like a heavy watch it's just like Oppenheimer. and what was cool about why i just so i watched the golden globes on on sunday night and i tell you i completely forgot matt damon was in that movie in oppenheimer and he was so good in it that's not a knock on like there's just so many that we've said that before about matt damon just he kind of disappears into his roles and he serves the movie so good uh you know i we didn't this isn't on the list but i remembered another one i watched uh recently asteroid city i saw for the first time asteroid city so great man i I love it it's really really out there really enjoyed it there were a few parts like especially near the end some of the like sleep alien i was like i've i'm lost you've lost me yeah Uh, (laughs) i mean it's 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 an extremely meta movie it is it is a movie about a group of people making a movie basically or or a play in this case but it's that's essentially what's going on and there's stories within stories within stories. Yeah. And it's so cool to watch Wes Anderson flex his muscles like that. The cast is, Maya un- of course, unbelievable. So- Maya Hawk was outstanding. Yeah. Um, that little kid's song, banger. <laughs> I forgot about the song. It was really also good. Friend, I, this is one of the things that, so that's what I love about somebody's like, the Rupert Friend is such a like niche reference but he's wickham in the 2005 pride and prejudice for all right. my pride and prejudice folks out there um he's been in a few other things here or there but he basically was the lead of the like old-timey band that was stuck yeah. in and he i thought he was so great uh jason schwartzman was fantastic really I think good his better roles um i just in especially Star- with his with with like interacting with his kids i think yes. he's very Different for it's, and Tom it, it, Hanks was fantastic. Yeah, that's right. And I, I love that he hasn't been in a bunch of the Wes Anderson, right? Like he's not a typical Wes Anderson. No, he and in fact, I think he actually replaced another actor who was supposed to be in the movie. Yeah, uh, and I don't remember who who it was. He just but committed. there's a few of those. I mean, Steve yeah. Carell is also in this movie. Oh, so good. I think yeah. replaced Bill Murray, who was supposed to be in it, um, uh, and. Got it. I mean, just everybody who's good at acting wants to work with Wes Anderson, and it's so cool to watch. And and of course, like the actor of of the year, the the it person right now, Margot Robbie, gets a monologue in this movie that is so good and powerful and well written and well delivered by Margot Robbie. Um, And it's at the point in the movie where you're so confused and literally, um, you know, the actor. Yeah, it's it's like the other actor is you in the movie saying, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand this story. And Margot Robbie's like, I'll explain it to you. And it's sort of like every time you tell a story, every time you make a movie play anything, there is a hidden thing going on in the lives of the people in that story that you don't know about. And it explains everything. Yeah. You just don't know about it. And of course you can apply that to real life too. Everybody that you meet, they, maybe they don't make sense to you sometimes. And it's because there's something that happened in their past that you just don't know about. There's a piece of the story that you haven't read 
I just think it was so cool. I, I'm in love with that movie. <laughs> well, and I, I don't want, I definitely don't feel s- sorry for Margot Robbie for being so beautiful. <laughs> I think, I honestly do think that sometimes it overshadows, like it, she doesn't get the credit she deserves as an actor. I agree. She's, she's she is so, so stunning. Like, yeah. And she's, she's but so she is gorgeous. And if you look at her for too long, it's like, you're like, I <laughs> you and you're like, it doesn't feel real, but she is so talented. Yeah. I put her up there with Charlize Theron in that. I mean, yes. and, and listeners, <laughs> listeners to big screen sports have heard me say that name before, but Charlize Theron is a similar situation, right? We're yeah. like an unbelievably talented artist. She's so good. Who, who happens to also be <laughs> like inc- perfect looking, yes. but that, but she, but she does use it and she doesn't. I, I mean, at times these actors have done easy, quick wins they're making money, whatever. But they, both of those people seem really committed to, they want, when, at the end of their career, they want there to be a bunch of movies that they made that everyone's like, this holds up. This speaks to me. This is important art. Yeah. And so it's actually, really cool. staying on the, well, is it, I don't, who did Wolf of Wall Street? Is that also Scorsese? Uh, no. Wolf of Wall Street is Martin Scorsese, yes. It is. Okay, yeah. so it is now streaming. So that is also on the list. I did not realize that was also two hours and 59 minutes. I mean, look, that's just what you're going to get from Scorsese <laughs> at this point in his career. And Blake, coworker Blake, who's been on the show, he yeah. was like, it is the fastest three hours of your it life. It is. Because he's like, it, it cruises. And so I'm excited because every clip I've seen, I know that the clips from that one. You haven't seen the whole thing. No, I've seen any of it. I've only seen like a couple of the like, you know, yeah. trailer clips and whatever. And she's so good in that, like yep. just from what I've seen too. But because again, she's playing this like bombshell in that movie that I think, anyway, right. I just want to make sure that we're giving credit to her for the actual, like her, when I think about too, every time I hear the, what was I made for, which the only thing that I would have accepted winning a Golden Globe over I'm Just Ken is that because that's- I think it's going to win the Oscar. I, I think that- I think that Billie Eilish is wants to dominate that category for the rest of her career. And she's, she's doing it. Incredible. (laughs) It's clearly a more technical and like different, like I still, it's a weird, it's a weird category. I love I'm just 10. Yeah. It's just, it tends to favor great uh, pop music production instead of how is this song used in the movie? Which I, we can, we can debate about that some other time, but it's, I just mean like, I hear the song and I get choked up because I think of the scene and Margot Robbie is so powerful in the scene where she's like, where they're playing the song and she's going through her memories and yep. the other person's mind. anyway, that's my, it's great. This has been um, a Margot Robbie minute. <laughs> I, I, we said lightning round. This has been anything but lightning. We, we, this is lightning. This is lightning way off in the distance and we're waiting one, two, three, but I'm, I want to hit a couple of more really quickly. I saw, uh, I actually went to this cool thing that AMC has started doing called AMC Unseen, um, where you go in, it's five bucks flat, and they don't tell you anything about the movie other than what it's rated, and it's not out yet in, in wide release. Um, and I didn't know what I was going to be getting. I, I I had time. I had an evening where I didn't need to be anywhere, and I went for it. And I got a movie called Origin, which I had not heard very much about. I knew it was an uh, an Ava DuVernay movie. Mm-hmm. Really, really powerful stuff. It, it's, it, it is an adaptation of a book that came out in 2020 called Cast. Um, so it, I don't want to do it injustice by attempting to describe the ideas from this book. Um, 
but it is it is powerful stuff it is mind altering stuff especially i mean i'm going here as a as a as a white man right and and this is a movie that deals it's a book and a movie that heavily deals with not just racism but classism and the and sort of the i mean caste is what it's called in the it's the the really fundamental ideas that are driving some really big problems in the world we live in um really powerful tough to watch at times i mean they they sort of delve into little small stories throughout history about slaves being brought over from africa about jews hiding from nazis uh and even about the caste system in india yeah um, and it's it's really powerful stuff i it's re- i'm really glad that that ended up being the movie because I don't. I, I hadn't heard it marketed very much. I no, hope somebody I sees heard of it until you told me about it. Right before yeah, I mean, I hope people hear this, and I, I'm able to recommend it to other people to go see it. Real, especially for people like me who are incredibly slow readers. Uh, <laughs> it, it's good. It's good to get those ideas communicated in a different way uh, for dumb guys like me who really need to hear it. Uh, but it's it's great. Really good performances. John Bernthal, in particular, keeps. That guy keeps showing up in stuff and hits, hits it out of the park every time. And I, I honestly, I'll be honest. I used to not think very highly of him. I used to think he was a goofball early in his career doing kind of action movies and stuff. And how boy, dare you speak of the has, that oh, way. I, he has proven me a thousand times wrong. Um, <laughs> just, just has, he's doing such good stuff every time he shows up anywhere. Uh, and he's great in this too. So Definitely recommend Origin to everybody. I, I think it's it's coming out wide in the next couple of weeks. And the other one that I watched, Caroline, I yes. mentioned, I promised I was going to do it over the Christmas break. Yes. Francesca and I found it, and we watched Christmas at the Plaza, which you, I believe, dubbed the best Hallmark Christmas yes. movie. Like an actually good Hallmark movie. I will say this. the think? story The story made sense. I I think I get I think I get the tone of it, which is that like they're fully leaning into the fact that they know this is campy and silly. Oh and yeah, hundred percent. They're yeah. not trying to like sincerely make a, a, a movie that's going to like. And I think it could actually have an impact on people emotionally, but like that's not what they're going for. They want it to be a fun time. Uh, what what was the name of the of the male actor in this who you said is like oh, he's I he's like. Ryan What's Pavey. it? Ryan, Ryan Pavey? Pavey. Yeah, yeah, just I, I, I can. T- he's, he is what you want from a uh, from a Hallmark Christmas movie. I will say the the role that this guy plays. I'll sum up the movie really quickly. It is yeah. about a stuffy intellectual PhD woman, uh, and she falls in love with a guy who hangs Christmas decorations for his job. That's like his. That's his only out. job. That's his full time year round job. <laughs> it's perfect <laughs> and they and they have to locate something called a finial dauber which is a phrase i had never heard in my life never. and it is probably said 30 times in this movie at, at least. least yeah yeah which, which is, is a- for the record it's the thing you put on top of the christmas yes. tree and they have a different one every year for the christmas tree at the plaza but there's a year that's missing which turns into this i love the stuffy like it's such a good, it's the such plaza a good the plaza lady that's like, well, if you don't have all the the dauber, like, what's the point? Like, she gets so mad. Yes, about she that. will. 
want me to do? I can't just like. It's also really great that the first scene of the movie, the twist, like they they are essentially putting giant road signs up everywhere behind the camera to say, this is what the twist is going to be. And it's 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 funny to I, I think going into it, we weren't sure how self-aware it was. It's very, oh, it's very self-aware. It's very silly. It's goofy. I it's can totally also, see why a lot of people like to have stuff like this on around that time of year. It's it's not. I would say it's not for me. I probably won't be watching a bunch of Hallmark Christmas movies. How dare you? I'm going to say <laughs> uh, the lead is um, the woman who plays Gemma Simmons from Agents of Shield. That's and right. Then the other guy that works there is Bruce Davison, which you might recommend. I think he's he was an actual actor. recognizable actor. Yes, he's the senator, like the evil senator in X Men, like the original. He's the, guy that, he's the guy that turns into goo in X Men. Yes, yeah. um, and it's just I love this. Also, is one of my favorite tropes that Christmas at the Plaza, where she has a horrible boyfriend, horrible yeah. boyfriend to start the movie that you know, is late to things or forgets her or is like always impatient with her, like things that she's interested in. And then you have beautiful, handsome Christmas ornament hanger. Who's like always around to like catch you in case you like stumble off a ladder. He's perfect. I love that movie. So amazing. Much. Uh, so, so <laughs> yes, I have, I uh, completed that assignment. Thank you for watching. <laughs> There's a bunch of movies still to come that are technically 2023 movies that I'm excited to see. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about those obviously in the coming weeks, but you know, if you see any of these, um, holler at us, tell us what you think. If you agree with us, disagree with us, what's your favorite thing so far that you've seen in 2023? Um, and again, we're counting the, the movies that came out in 2023. Yeah. That counts. That counts as a 2023 movie. So I would love to know what, is like on the top of people's leaderboards right now. Yeah. What do I need to be looking for when it comes to streaming? Cause that's kind of the big, yeah. I want to see anatomy of a fall. I try and watch like as many of the best picture nominees as I can. Right. So when I, when I'm a huge hater, when the movie I like doesn't win, I could be like, I didn't like that movie because blah. The other one that we've heard people mention uh, on this show and elsewhere is past lives, which I, I believe will be, it will be streaming on Paramount plus at the end of this month. It's on DVD right now. If you go check your library, it's probably there. Um, I definitely want to see past lives. I want to see anatomy yeah. of the fall. Um, I feel like I saw something recently. Anyway, I'll have to, I'll yeah. have to look and see. Well, I know what you watched this morning, Caroline, because you were uh, live texting me <laughs> while I was, Still asleep with a with a terrible uh, fever and whatever whatever it is that I've got right now that I'm muscling through because I love our podcast audience. <laughs> please please give me attention and praise. Five stars. Uh, so we're we're going to talk about the movie that our good our good friend our hero Spencer Hall picked for this week in just a moment when we come back from our break. Welcome back to the second half of the episode. Uh, Matt, I actually think we might have hit it a little too high for the first guest of season two. <laughs> uh, but we are so excited to have Spencer Hall here from Channel 6, Shutdown Fullcast, ESPN, just a few places you might have heard of him, seen him, listened to him. Uh, and I love, Spencer, that you're one of my favorite football speakers minds ball knowers and yet today i don't want to talk any football with you <laughs> the national championship happening last night 
Spencer, how are you? And what are we going to talk about today? What did you bring us for our pop culture potluck? Uh, I'm great. Thanks for the kind words. Uh, you two are one of my favorites, Caroline. I would uh, like everybody to join us on a discussion of my favorite movie ever, Raising Arizona. <laughs> oh, wait. wait. <laughs> That's not what I watched. He's thrown us a loop. He's thrown us a loop. What did you watch? Uh, we watched, watched we watched Hard Boiled, Spencer. <laughs> We're watching Hard Boiled. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> you see the I've seen Raising Arizona, but it has been a minute. I mean that's but I'm you great. just watch but but like me, you just watch Hard Boiled because um, <laughs> I'm so glad I I'm so glad I did that. Um, I <laughs> the panic the panic on Caroline's face. I was like, so Oh, good. I'm not gonna win this trivia. <laughs> no. Hard Boiled is the greatest action film ever made. It is remarkably unrepresented, I think, because one, it is a movie in a foreign language, and mm. two, because it is, I think, exceedingly violent, even by American standards, which <laughs> says a lot. For yeah. sure. I mean, it's, a it's, an, it's an exceptionally violent film. Even if you know it's all fake, you're like, I don't know if that was really necessary. I don't think any film, <laughs> it's a test. You either find it necessary to kill a henchman by running him over with a dirt bike. <laughs> or you don't, you know? It's um, it, it's definitely a temperament test. That was one of the, the deaths that got a text from me to Matt this morning when I was watching. I actually, I want to watch it again, and I think I need to go... I did watch English dub, which was not as fun. I think that really um, took me out of it a little bit. Although it's a, the, it's a pretty good dub. It's, it's not, not bad. Terrible. It's yeah. not bad. I love the enthusiasm of some of the exclamations in the dubbing where he's like, I own the whole place when like the, well, the boss cop is like yelling at, at tequila. One, yeah. one really, one really interesting thing about watching it, um, watching it subtitled Caroline is, a surprising number of expressions are just in English. It's the it's the Hong Kong actors saying certain expressions in English, which is a thing that you see in anytime you watch an international movie. And it always it always for for a yokel like me who has not left the country a lot, it's it's always amusing for me and surprising to me to see how much like American expressions have leached into other parts of the world. Well, and it's um, I would guess we should say hard-boiled a john woo film which yes you didn't know it was a john woo <laughs> film you knew within the first 10 minutes when there were a lot of birds and a lot of like <laughs> slow-mo shooting um and then it also has two actors that have made it into huge mainstream u.s movies in and there are probably other ones but the ones that i first think of chow yun fat in crouching tiger hidden dragon which was i that made this made me want to go back and rewatch that because that movie slaps and tony leung who was uh, the father in Shang-Chi and who was phenomenal. He's outstanding. The cast is actually incredible in this. It is an astonishing cast. It is an astonishing confluence of talents, influence, place, time, reference, and and style. You said this is a John Woo movie. I would argue this is the John Woo movie. Yeah, it's up there. <laughs> Spencer, I, I, is this was this the first as far as you're aware, is this the first like Hong Kong action movie that you saw growing up? Or, I mean, I guess you were probably, this was probably right in your wheelhouse when this would have been available in America. But 
I mean, how much, how much sort of overall, cause that's the thing I think for our audience that we, we expect our audience to, to know and like movies, but maybe not be aware of everything. And I think it's, I think it's worth talking about as an entire genre, these, these Hong Kong action movies that for, for, for maybe like millennial men, we're probably more exposed to them than any other group, but there's a lot of them and a lot of big American stars came out of that, uh, that world. They did. And it's important to remember like that when you talk about, you know, Hong Kong films, there is, there's this initial kind of wave of Hong Kong, you know, films that are um, heavily sort of Kung Fu influenced. There's a lot of that, you know, those are sort of like the, the first films that I remember seeing, when I was a kid, you know, your your standard Bruce Lee's like, you know, Game of Death, Enter the Dragon, etc. But also a lot of a lot of Jackie Chan, a lot of, you know, Saturday, what, what used to be Saturday afternoon Kung Fu films. They were just on after cartoons came on and you just watched them because you could, um, you know, then then there was this sort of second wave. And John Woo, John Woo is an awesome story because John Woo, first of all, uh is like a great underdog story and also is terrible at explaining his own movies. <laughs> I, I did actually listen to the, the commentary track that he recorded for the criterion collection DVD, which is like, that's sort of a Holy grail for, for, for people who like this movie. It's been out of print for years and years, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's, uh, there's been rumors for years, especially when he came over to Hollywood and started making American movies that he was sort of difficult to work with. I know there was rumors about that on Mission Impossible 2 when he was working with Tom Cruise too. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, he, if he worked with, and this is, this is when I got, you got really excited when I watched the film. If you see the Golden Harvest logo, you know you're in for an absolute ass kicking. Like if, if, you, if you start the movie and it says Golden Harvest Studios, you're like, oh yeah, this is about to rock. Um, because they made tons of these kind of martial arts films. And uh, John Woo kind of came up through, you know, this is a factory system, very much a system of grinding out movies left and right until you're not really sure what you're doing anymore. Which is how he came up with this. Because... He made a movie called A Better Tomorrow before this. That is incredible. But it is bloody. Uh, there is extremely creative gunplay. And it's kind of... It's it's kind of... It's impossible to make a movie about gangsters where you're not like, Man, being a gangster is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can call them dishonorable all you want. It still looks, it still looks awesome as shit. Yeah, there's just parts of it. Like, you can make them look like the worst people in the world, and inevitably there's going to be 3% of the movie where you go, mm, that actually looks pretty dope. Yeah, so uh, this all set him up to make this film, which I saw for the first time. My, my, my what do they call it? Is your, your focal event, your, your origin story. Yeah, right. You're... Um, for this movie is, it's I believe, 1996. And I'm high off my ass on a couch in Gainesville, Florida. And somebody's like, hey, do you want to watch Hard Boiled? And I'm like, well, what is it? They're like, it's a kung fu action movie where, you know, like people shoot each other in the face. And I was like, I, I want to watch nothing more. That's <laughs> say less. Yeah, say less. <laughs> Let's go. Um, I knew that this was a great wreck from you when it opens 
it goes right into the action. I will say, I think early on, I was like, who's, who's who? Who's fighting who? Like, I don't, what, why are they mad at each other? Just a lot of people dead right out the gate. And they assumed that I would like know and know why I should care that X, Y, Z was dead. I don't know that they do assume that Caroline. I think you're supposed to be pretty confused in that opening gunfight. And there, but then all of a sudden, it's all this stuff happening. And then a dude's playing the clarinet in like a sassy uh-huh. jazz band. And, and I was like, and his name, it really important that we point out that the, the main character, the cop who yeah. shoots about 1 million people in this movie <laughs> is named Tequila. That Tequila. is the character's name. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and there's also a lot of real, both sexy and fight worthy saxophone backing in this mm-hmm. movie. A lot of that. No notes on that more. And then every single time that they show the, is she, is she the, like one of the head detectives, she gets a lot of like real sassy, like wind chimes and like a a Vaseline filter when she's on screen. And I love that for her. So all of those 10 out of 10 notes on. Yeah. That's, that's, that's Teresa Moe. Who is the, she is a police officer, but she's also the girlfriend of tequila and uh if you don't if it takes it took me like obviously i watched it in impaired condition at first which really helped in a lot of ways yeah but uh at the same time really obscured some of the more uh, arcane plot details uh she's the one who's getting messages through a bouquet right they're yeah. cards from an undercover guy from alan who's uh, tony lung um yeah that is that that's kind of an important plot point that you might not get after a couple of bowls um, <laughs> or as tired as I was this morning watching on YouTube. Yeah, or like, as an adult. I was like, why? Well, I just think that sending, I actually really like the idea of sending messages through bouquets from an undercover cop. That's cool. The decision to communicate in the hospital via bouquet felt like a stretch to me, um, just from like a timing standpoint. There's, like, a, bit of, there's a bit of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I just, if you're waiting for a bouquet, like, are they going to be in the morgue looking for the secret vault and like call in an order? And then they have to like wait for that guy to make it and then deliver. Anyway, I had a lot of questions about the logistics. There's of that. a lot of, you can question a lot of the logistics in this film. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Is it necessarily the best move to walk in with two guns and throw a tea kettle in someone's face to start a fight? Because um, <laughs> that, that's, that's what tequila does. Yes. That's, to him, that's the most efficient way. To take on an entire tea house full of gun-toting gangsters, but you know that's that's how he he did it. Also, yeah. also I don't know if it really makes a whole lot of sense to uh, just blow up a hospital, I don't, you know, like and kill every like. There's no tactical reason given for why the big bad guy Johnny Wong decides to. Uh, you know what? I'm caught, so I'm just gonna kill everyone in this hospital and blow it up. There's well, no reason for that. There were a lot of uh, both in the, I guess, what was that? The tea house at the beginning. First of all, the, the slide down the steps in the uh, first few minutes. Mm-hmm. Badass. Love that. Um, a lot of casualties on those stairs. A lot of, a lot of loose muzzles on the stairs there. Uh, and then at the, like near the end with the hostages in the hospital. Again, I was like, oh, brutal. That didn't have to happen. They are showing very clearly that these are the bad guys. Um, conservatively, how many, you know, like, what, what do you think that, like, the death count is? In this movie? Well, I'm going to let you know something, Caroline, that there yeah. are websites that keep track of the body count in every movie. You should really look up the John Wick series because 
there is a an extreme ramp up between one and two. In oh, I believe that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and hard boiled. I'm gonna let you guess because I know the answer. I've I'm Ooh, I've okay. Looked it up. I know the answer. I think we're in like the 260 region. Hmm. All right. That's. I, I don't know. Matt, we're, we're trying to, I'm trying to figure, I'm guessing how many, he knows how many, Spencer knows how many, but we're talking deaths in this movie. <laughs> I think two, 250 sounds pretty good. <laughs> I mean, what, one, one thing that John Woo mentioned actually in that commentary that I was watching that was, and he didn't get very specific, but he was talking about the, even though, as you mentioned, Spencer, the Hong Kong studios were really churning out a ton of movies, kind of like the old American Hollywood system. But unlike the American system, there was actually pretty a pretty small amount of supervision. They kind of gave these filmmakers a budget and they said, go do it. We don't really care uh, about what the story is or what like – if, if, if you keep making money for us, we'll keep giving you money to make movies. And Wu, Wu said, essentially, there's no way he would ever be allowed to use as many squibs and as many fake gunshot blanks in an American movie as he used in Hong Kong. I assume because of regulations. But I, I mean, that, that's a thing that you see a lot in Hong, in Hong Kong movies as well. Like for anybody who watches this movie and enjoys it, Highly recommend you go check out one of Jackie Chan's Hong Kong movies because go go watch Police Story. Police Story is great. He's he's doing stunts that there is absolutely no insurance company on earth that that would <laughs> that would validate what he's doing. Yeah, there's a great documentary about Hong Kong's stuntmen and about Jackie Chan's guys um, and about how they did things. And my favorite line in the in that whole thing is when he goes yeah we used real glass because it was cheaper and sounded better <laughs> oh my god so great so great when those guys there's a stunt <laughs> police story involving a double decker bus uh which you can imagine this um for those in the audio format if you imagine it uh, there's a a scene where two guys are standing at the very two henchmen are standing at the very front of the bus on the second floor on the second story and the bus stops suddenly and the stuntmen are meant to leap out and land the, like jump through the glass and then land on the oh, no. roof or trunk of the car that is immediately in front and that you know Jackie Chan's using as a barricade okay oh, so they're no. jumping out and they left this take in the film the two guys <laughs> um, I forgot what are my language parameters here I mean, we're fine. We can yeah, we, we can, can censor it if, okay, if Chandler yeah. thinks we need to. <laughs> so th these two guys absolutely eat shit because they catch their heels. They're not ready. The bus driver buses, breaks at the wrong time. And the guys aren't ready. And they catch their feet on the lip of the window. And it stops their momentum. And they fall <gasps> straight down to the pavement. And that's the take they use in the film. <laughs> oh, no. Caroline, you know how, you know how American rom-coms, like in the credits – they show sometimes they'll show bloopers and like yeah. everybody. So the all of the Hong Kong action movies typically the bloopers are stunts exactly. that go wrong, and then like the end of it as the, as the screen goes black, it's the star of the movie like being taken away in an ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie Chan has seriously injured himself multiple times. Oh yeah, American movies. I think I've seen. Yeah. Chow Yun Fat. You need to know in the film when there are the loud 
like huge explosions in the hospital sequence. Uh, John Woo set those off too close and intentionally at the wrong time to evoke <laughs> real emotion and reaction in Chow Yun Fat, and Chow did not appreciate it at all. <laughs> Chow, Chow was, th- thanks, man. That was terrible. Don't ever do it again. Oh so, so I, I, I go ahead, Carolyn. I was. I just. I want the. I do want the number, Spencer. What is the the count? Three hundred and seven. Oh, I thought, like, I thought I went over my incredible. I mean, there's between the hospital seven between the hospital and the big warehouse scene is the other one I'm thinking of where basically the one of the gangs gets wiped out, gets totally obliterated. Um, the, the eye patch guy had some of the again, when you say like, you know, a henchman or like, you know, looking cool. That dude just he said very little, very efficient. I liked him. The I double get- grenade. Um yep. No notes. <laughs> I want to give you some context, by the way. Saving Private Ryan features 255. <laughs> and it's about the storming of Normandy in World War II. Oh my God. die in hard-boiled. Not that I have a favorite, but again, the um, eye patch guy doing the not-so-fast to Foxy, where he's like, you have surgery. And then it's the like very dramatic close-up of the scalpel. And then it's the way too bright red blood like on the yes window and it like then shows like a nurse like feeding an older guy like pudding yeah. <laughs> i was like perfect great transition, great transition <laughs> John Woo. there's, there's <laughs> that there's that blood trail through the whole hospital like no one's gonna like there was there's no mystery what happened to foxy at that point the, how, the, how would they notice by the way because 306 people have already been killed <laughs> what's one more blood table on the floor at hard boil? The, the other the other big stunt to me that that elicited like stand up in the living room and fist pump <laughs> is when when the two the two heroes are in the process of escaping from the weapons bunker in the hospital and they kind of give this uh, nod Matt, to each other Matt, stop stop yourself right now and i want you to just repeat that yeah (laughs) right so just quick quick catch up there there is a there is a massive stockade of of weapons in the basement of the hospital uh and it's hidden behind just for another detail it's hidden behind the morgue uh door but but the uh when they're escaping they kind of give this nod to each other and they're like okay we're going we're going into we're going into badass mode they they sort of first of all they sort of uh invent the first person shooter video game in this scene mm-hmm. and then there's also there's so many different ways that they do the same thing there's so many variations on a guy diving around a corner and shooting somebody and my favorite one probably is tony lung jumping on a gurney wheeling down the hallway and just sort of dual wielding as he's rolling <laughs> it's so good just just wax the dudes yeah and it's and it's like i mean that's that's a great like explanation of the tone of this movie it like there are some some serious overwrought emotions happening but in no way are you really supposed to take this action like this is a documentary style like this is this is fantasy it doesn't let up that's it does not not let let up No, my favorite, probably subtle action, subtle trick was when they're when he's rolling Tony Lung into the morgue when they're trying to find the the door to the vault with the weapons in the hospital, that place. And he is the dead body and he pushes him into the one guy and he kicks up and kicks the dude in the face. 
No, no. Oh, really <laughs> good. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Booth. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, "You have it so much easier. You could at least see." And I was like, "Love this. Oh my god, it's perfect." So, uh, Spencer, just I mean, is this a is this a genre overall that you are you still into movies like this, or is it just is it hard oh, yeah. to watch anything yeah. new coming out? I mean, what what would you say is a more modern kind of uh, movie movie that's inspired pretty directly by this? The Raid. Yes. <laughs> and The Raid Part 2. The entire John Wick series sure. owes a massive debt to John Woo and to yeah. this film. I I will watch any gun-fu film. Um, I think there are more Hollywoodized, grandiose takes on it, but I don't think any of them are as good as the cheap sh- uh, actually blow things up in front of your actors uh, films that they made because it is so real and it is so coordinated and it is I think there's a focus on detail and process that they had to have because they can't CGI anything and there are obvious errors because of that but there mm-hmm. is one mind-blowing sequence in this film that you don't know is happening and it's the scene in the hospital shootout which the film ends with a 40-minute shootout in a hospital. It's so long, the last it's act so of this long. movie. It's 40 minutes. Uh, and there are numerous astonishing things about it. But one is, because they were short on time, there is a scene where they, they clear one floor of the hospital of bad guys and kill, like, 50 dudes in one floor. And Tony Lung and uh, Johnny Fak jump on the elevator, and the door closes. And they have a discussion where, first of all, mind-bending discussion because the two characters, one guy goes, hey, man, I think I killed one of ours back there. Meaning I think I killed an undercover cop, right? Or I think I killed a cop. And Chayun Fa's like, I've killed an undercover cop. Whatever, man. Fuck it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's like, what? You're, you're going to kill people. We got to keep killing people. It's fine. Just go. You can't. You can't. It's really, it's a, it's a good little chemistry moment, too, because it goes from serious and and I mean Tony Lung, this whole movie is just like on the edge of tears. He doesn't want to be doing what he's doing. And Chow Yun Fat is just every single time he's just like, "Nah, man, put that, put that shit away. It's time to shoot fifty more bad guys." He's like, "Yeah, there's no listen, man. There's no time for feelings. Yeah, this is not. Yeah, um, there's a lot of that, and it's all brilliantly done. But in that scene, there is an astonishing uh, technical switch." Because that elevator never moves. That, <laughs> ele- that elevator, the doors close. And because they were running short on time on this set, they have everyone during that dialogue reset. They reset the entire set. <laughs> That's awesome. And, so good. And clean up all the blood and all of the actors who've just been killed get back up and reset and reload so that when the doors open again, they do it all over and they do a completely different scene. That's incredible. <laughs> so good. That's so awesome. Um, That's what I love doing this this podcast is honestly like there's so many weeks where people will come on and recommend something that not only I haven't seen, but in a lot of cases have never heard of. And like I am so grateful that I got to watch this. I need to talk I need to call my dad because my dad would definitely love this. If he hadn't <laughs> seen it, he would like love to watch this. Well, so I love the, that. The uh Caroline, I, I'm aware obviously that Spencer has seen a lot more of this kind of movie than you. And I've taken that into account oh God, uh, for, our, for our game show segment. This is going to be 
everybody's going to have a fair shot here. Uh, and I, I, what I've done here, right? John Woo has directed 37 movies over his Ooh. career. Okay. Uh, so for today's game show segment, I'm going to read off some descriptions of John Woo movies. And I want you both to tell me if it is a real John Woo movie or if I made it up. I'm not going to tell you the title. I'm just going to read you a description of the plot of the movie. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So look, it's 50-50 shot for you, Caroline. This is, yeah. I'm, I'm giving like you a that. fair, a fair chance. A handicap for me. And of course, before we begin, we always have a jingle to kick off our, uh, our game show segment. Chandler, could you play the jingle? Our jingle for how woo are you our game show segment this week all right we're gonna begin with you spencer this sorry i'll give caroline a second uh, uh, this movie features an evil warlord facing off against a ragtag team of heroes including a master swordsman who refuses to draw his sword ever since he accidentally killed a prostitute with it is that a real john woo movie or did i make it up that's got to be real. That is real. That is called Hand of Death from 1976. <laughs> I was like, absolutely real. <laughs> Caroline, you're up. Okay. An elevator operator with a mysterious past finds himself fighting his way through each floor of the Hong Kong skyscraper he works in. That really sounds real. I think that's real. That is fake. I made it up. <laughs> that though really no i was gonna say it's a really good movie <laughs> i hope john woo's listening uh, all right spencer your second spencer's up one nothing your second question spencer a terrorist has placed a bomb somewhere in downtown hong kong and the cops have 24 hours to find it before it goes off there's only one problem it's inside a stray dog <laughs> uh i'm gonna say it's real that is also fake i made that up <laughs> you should make it you should make that we gotta send this to john woo how do we react to john woo all right caroline your second you question for? this is a big this is a big you opportunity I, no you, matt caroline. matt knew i couldn't release the, i couldn't do the, the bomb inside a dog and resist it so <laughs> okay all right caroline huge and, chance for me right here an ex-criminal's past comes back to bite him when his former partners kidnap his daughter, who happens to be Hong Kong's biggest pop star. Real. That is real. That's called Follow the Star from 1978. I want right. to that too. That sounds we're, great. We're tied going into the final round. Spencer, a homeless boy is kidnapped after being mistaken for a wealthy boy who has just inherited a large fortune. His homeless buddies team up with an assassin to try and rescue their friend. Again, I'm just going to say all of these are real because they sound amazing. 
<laughs> that is real. That is called Run Run Tiger Run from 1984. That was actually very close to Hard Boiled. I was gonna say um, that's like that's like got to be close to that, right? Yeah, it's a bunch. It's basically Little Rascals, except they shoot people. <laughs> that's what the plot film. is. Yeah. Um, again, again, Hong Kong. Every Hong Kong movie ever made is better than every Hollywood movie ever made. <laughs> All right, Caroline, you have to get this for the time. Okay. This classic period kung fu film features a kung fu master who can only fight when he's asleep. Oh man, I want to say fake, which makes me want to say it's real. It's it real. is real. It's called Last Last Hurrah for Chivalry. It is. I'm underselling how good this movie is. By the way, <laughs> they're basically it's it's samurai uh, or not. It's it's sort of like guys with swords in the Middle Ages who are drunk the entire movie, uh, and they have to fight all of these random these random other guys. One of whom is. A normal guy when he's awake and when he falls asleep, he is a kung fu master. See, I'm laughing too because imagine if you just described Face Off without the like. Sure, I mean equally as like, goofy as these, yeah. Because <laughs> that's as wild, like swaps yeah. faces with a criminal to like put him in jail. We don't, we don't uh, take enough chance. We don't take enough chances, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, we got to do some dumber shit in 2024. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Spencer. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on the podcast. We're obviously we're huge fans of everything you do. Channel six shut down full cast. I would say, I mean, anybody who is our age and has ever worked in sports media is hugely influenced by what you and the gang over there do. We just, it's so joyous. It's so much fun. Um, and, and I, I love personally listening to it every week, but also we're certainly very influenced by you. I hope that's not insulting. I'm sorry about that, um, but I'm very. I, I was honored to come on, and I'm glad we could talk about raising Arizona. <laughs> Future episode, uh, yeah. for sure. We'll have you on for that. Thanks, Spencer. Just a reminder to everybody. Obviously, we are in season two, and we've brought back uh, with us some new updated features for the podcast. As we mentioned at the top of the show, you can email us at forthewatercooler at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail if you call 802-432-8308. And we're, we're so excited to be back. We're so excited for season two and um, we're looking forward to interacting with you guys a little more. Caroline, I'm, 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 I'm really, I'm really pumped that we are, entering a season two of this show and i feel like we're starting to we're starting to figure some things out it only it took us about a full season of tv worth of episodes yeah now we got some stuff working for us here we're cooking now cowboy Um, (laughs) uh also if you're too lazy to go back and like write down all the stuff that matt just said head on over to our instagram for the water cooler thank you all of those are the phone number and the email are listed there as well so reach out recommendations leave us a voicemail something that we got wrong or whatever that you want to say like i also love that uh questions reach out we'd love to hear from you see you soon baby we will see you guys next week for another episode of for the water cooler